Good morning, or hello, when, depending on when you're listening to this. Welcome to Frank Fryer Fridays. This is Father Patrick Lykauskas, broadcasting from St. Dominic Priory in St. Louis, Missouri. And there's a certain sadness today in reflecting on the events of our world. We have two at least nominally Christian countries going to war against one another. And that, I think, is cause for great sadness. There is a way that I think we expect our Christian faith will be lived out, and it is to be lived out in peace and not in violence, and especially violence that seems so driven by ego and domination. So let's begin today with a prayer, prayer for world peace. We pray for the power to be gentle, the strength to be forgiving, the patience to be understanding, and the endurance to accept the consequences of holding on to what we believe to be right. May we put our trust in the power of good to overcome evil, in the power of love to overcome hatred. We pray for the vision to see and the faith to believe in a world emancipated from violence, a new world where fear shall no longer lead men or women to commit injustice nor selfishness, make them bring suffering to others. Help us to devote our whole life and thought and energy to the task of making peace, praying always for the inspiration and the power to fulfill the destiny for which we and all men and women were created. Amen. And let us pray maybe that our world leaders will hear that prayer. Certainly it is to be lived out among us if we have any hope of bringing peace to our world. I'm going to offer today a reflection on the gospel reading for this week. And I'm going to read it since it's such a short reading. This is for the eighth Sunday in Ordinary Time. Jesus told his disciples a parable. Can a blind person guide a blind person? will not both fall into a pit. No disciple is superior to the teacher, but when fully trained, every disciple will be like his teacher. Why do you notice the splinter in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the wooden beam in your own? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me remove that splinter in your eye, when you do not even notice the wooden beam in your own eye? You hypocrite. Remove the wooden beam from your eye first. Then you will see clearly to remove the splinter in your brother's eye. A good tree does not bear rotten fruit, nor does a rotten tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For people do not pick figs from thorn bushes, nor do they gather grapes from brambles. A good person out of the store of goodness in his heart produces good, but an evil person out of a store of evil produces evil. From, from the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. That is the gospel, the good news.
of our Lord Jesus Christ. And again, it seems fitting that in these words of Jesus, we hear what we can expect from the one who embraces evil. We talked about this a bit in my class on Thomas Aquinas earlier this week, recognizing that evil people, in fact, think that they are doing good. Uh, we are all going to seek the good, but somehow it is disordered at times. And so people do evil things. And it comes from a place of judging others. Maybe we judge them incorrectly. It seems that it's a disposition that is rampant in our culture today of being judgmental and critical. And especially maybe among Christians, Maybe it is becoming more acceptable because we see so much of it everywhere we look on the Internet or those who still watch TV or in social media and Twitter and Facebook filled with judgments about others' motivations. It's easy to misjudge and it's difficult to be impartial in our judgment and, of course, our judgments of others is usually off the mark because we are incapable of seeing inside another person. We cannot see into another person's heart. Only God can do that. Maybe we at times don't have access to all the facts. And I think that's what we may be seeing driving the motives of Russians today. I don't think that they're necessarily operating on all the facts. Although I'm, I noticed a picture today in the newspaper that was many thousands of people in St. Petersburg, Russia, standing out on the streets protesting against the war. Now let us pray for them. Maybe they are able to discern the facts and the real motivations of what has caused their country to invade another. Maybe we're swayed by instinct. Maybe we're swayed by unreasonable reactions to others. And of course, that's the very definition of prejudice when we judge before we know all the person, about the person or about all the facts. Because it's, sometimes it's just far easier to find fault in others than to look into our own hearts, into our, our areas that in our own lives that uh, can be far less painful to look into others' lives instead of our own. Well, today's gospel makes it very clear, the, the, at least the gospel reading for this Sunday. When we're fully trained, every disciple is going to be like their teacher. I'm having a sip of coffee. My, I feel a little sore throat here this morning. If we call ourselves disciples of Jesus, then we're our, and that, our, that is our greatest teacher, our best teacher, then we're to act like Jesus as his disciples. And we can do it. It's possible because we have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And by receiving that Spirit, we are able to recognize the beam in our own eye as opposed to the splinter 
in our neighbor's eye. You know, we don't always, I just, this is a sidebar, I was reading a commentary by Peter Kraft on this gospel reading, and he talks about the great sense of humor that Jesus has uh, in using this as an example, that this would have been something at the time of Jesus they would have thought hilarious. <laughs> I guess we don't look at it the same way, maybe because we've heard it so many times, it loses its any sense of humor that Jesus may have intended, but there are other passages as well. That, as I said, a little sidebar. You know, if Christ is truly alive in us, I'd like to think it is, we're compelled to share that goodness with others. We have an obligation that has been imposed on us by Jesus, by his call to preach the good news of God's love and what that means for a life of loving kindness. Now, I hope you're all going to go to Mass on, on Ash Wednesday. And when we receive the ashes, we hear there's two ways that the ashes can be received. The, the minister or the priest will say, um, remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. I, I used to use that a lot, but there's another. Both are approved uh, by the church. The other is to re is repent and believe in the gospel. And that's the one I've been using the last several years. Repent. Change. Change our ways and then proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. You and I are called to holiness and calling ourselves Christians obliges us to share this with others. We all have what I call response abilities. The first is the same as all other Christians to be in Christ, so to be holy. And the second is to preach to the world through the word and deed, the good news of God's saving love. And our world starts with our families and then our neighbors. That's what it means, literally, to be an evangelizer, to be sharing the good news of God's love for us. And none of us are exempt from these responsibilities, these tasks that we have before us. However imperfect we are in a world which absolutely despises hypocrisy, or at least despises it in everybody else, it's difficult to preach what we maybe only we might only be able to model imperfectly. So then we look at our own preachers, you know, the likes of me and my many perfections, and you will ask, how can I tell you what God desires if I don't live it myself? Well, I try. And even Paul worried about running the race well enough to win that prize of perfection in his own relationship with God. So, we can expect the same imperfection from our ministers. Like Pope Francis has said, we're all sinners. We all have imperfections. But the Spirit of God has been given to us by Jesus to bring us to a relationship with him so that we are identified with him in all things. And that's a real challenge, isn't it? The same Spirit is going to teach us to see what we need to know about ourselves and others, to speak what we need to say, and above all, to act in a way that demonstrates that we belong to Christ, to see, to speak, to act. So 
Let us all pray that the Holy Spirit will provide us with the fire of the love of Christ and instill in us the discipline to run the race faithfully and grant each of us the ability to recognize our own beams ahead of the splinters of our neighbors. And in that light, I'm going to close with these words of Pope Francis, maybe something especially helpful as we enter this Lenten season and we think about what sort of penances we may take on for the 40 days of Lent and help us to recognize those beams in our own eyes. So this is a question posed by Pope Francis. Do you want to fast this Lent? Well, here's suggestions from our Holy Father. Fast from hurting words and say kind words. Fast from sadness and be filled with gratitude. Fast from anger and be filled with patience. Fast from pessimism and be filled with hope. Fast from worries and have trust in God. Fast from complaints and contemplate simplicity. Fast from pressures and be prayerful. Fast from bitterness and fill your heart with joy. Fast from selfishness and be compassionate to others. Fast from grudges and be reconciled. Fast from words and be silent so you can listen. God bless you and I pray that this Lent will be one that is fruitful for you in the journey that we all share, our journey to God. God bless you. Thank you for being with us today.